What's up gamers and welcome to another episode of the Elite Gaming Gear Podcast. As always, I'm your host Lathan. We've got a couple of new crew members in the studio with us today. We've got Tristan and Tyler joining us as members of the Elite Gaming Gear crew. And how could we possibly forget our dearest member, Sissy? She's super excited. You could tell by the way she was projecting her voice really well there. <laughs> it's super, super mellow. Uh, we've got a bunch of different stuff in store for you guys today. Um, we're going to be hitting on a few different things. Uh, we're going to be a little bit all over the place. This is not going to be like a normal episode, uh, but we do have a few points we want to get to towards the end. So to start things off, what I would like to do is I'd like to invite each of our new crew members to kind of talk about something that's uh, relevant to them as gamers. Now, uh, Tristan, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your life as a gamer. Well, Tristan, uh, I already said that, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> uh I'm currently a student at school, at not high school, but beyond that, uh, and well, I've been gaming for about as long as I can remember. First game I ever played, Dynasty Warriors on the original Xbox. Your introduction to video gaming was Dynasty Warriors? Hey, <laughs> you know, it was cool to like negative three-year-old me. It was awesome. <laughs> No, we're not saying that it's not cool. It's just a little hardcore, is it? I started off with, like, Centipede. <laughs> so, that's because I'm old. My apologies. Continue. Uh, uh, yeah, I started with Dynasty Warriors because my uncle's like, hey, check this out. And I'm all, hey, that's pretty neat, man. So then I played it, and it just got out of control from there. Uh, yeah, one thing that's been on my mind lately is... Uh, that Starbound update, uh, the 1.4 Bounty Hunter update. So what's going on with the Starbound update? Well, it's the last update uh, from what the posts have been saying. It makes it seem like it's over after this. Oh, so they're, they're, calling, it, they're calling it quits now. They're, they're running towards the end. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it seems like, yeah. How long has Starbound been going? Oh, man, that's, that's a good question. Long time. I've, I, oh, and I've been playing it off and on long enough to where... I, I remember the first time I ever played it, super different than when I played it now, right? I just played it today, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been going forever. I don't really know how how many years it's been going. But yeah, uh, but this update, pretty neat. Dabbled with it a little bit. Uh, adds, what? Yeah, what's new? Uh, adds some, well, bounty hunting, obviously. Adds a little thing you can click on, and then, and then you go to this... You meet some person who's relevant to the story and blah, blah, blah. And it's, oh, go kill the bandits. And, you know, well, space bandits. Space bandits, space which are bandits. infinitely different than regular bandits, yes. I'd like to point out. So <laughs> let me ask you this. So for somebody who's never played Starbound, let's say that, you know, this is kind of a unique opportunity for them because if this is going to be the end, kind of the last update, um, there may not be a lot of support for it, you know, going forward. And at some point in time, People may lose the opportunity to play. I mean, it's happened. This is a PC game, correct? Correct. Yeah. So um, there have been times in the past where PC games, you know, they lose their update support and eventually we can't play them anymore. Like uh, one of my favorites was a Star Wars MMO long before the ever, the Old Republic ever came out, uh, and of course, eventually that went away. Uh, so for those folks who have never heard of Starbound, uh, yeah, how would you describe it in a nutshell? In a nutshell, it's a uh, it's like a space opera that doesn't take itself very seriously uh like it's got this grand tale of saving the whole universe and everything 
but deep down it's like, huh, look at the goofy Sliman, you know? <laughs> and it, you know, so it's serious, but super goofy at the same time. So, kind of Earthworm Jim-esque, you know, there's a degree of yeah. seriousness, no, seriousness to it, but it's definitely kind of tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. So... Would you recommend that at this point, you know, being so close to the end, would you advise people to get into Starbound? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, as far as I can tell, it's only been going up, really. I don't, I haven't seen any down points, you know. Is on it on graph. Steam or? Yes, it is on Steam. Very cool. So another reason to stay on Steam yeah. for those of you who are already there. Now, <laughs> we're going to break over to Tylus really quick, and this is... This is kind of an interesting scenario because I, before we, we got into this podcast episode, I didn't actually know that a game that you seem to be pretty passionate about is kind of coming to an end. There was this last update. Now, I know that Tylus is our resident Terraria expert. He is the diehard Terraria guy. And it's same kind of scenario, the, the end of the road update. Uh, Journey's End, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Journey's End. Journey's End uh, was just released. So... Uh, before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as a gamer, and uh, we can we can branch off into Journey's End. All right, I'm Tylus, and what I started out playing was Legendary Wings in like 2001, probably is when I started playing it, and I was like three, I believe, and I just managed to beat the game at like four, and I had my parents were clueless as to how to play this game, and <laughs> I somehow beat it. And then it was just. Are you on insinuating on games afterwards? <laughs> are you insinuating that children are better than their parents at video games? This I'm is... not saying that because <laughs> we lost hard. So in my family, we were a lot of gamers. My parents were gamers, and they actually challenged us one day to play Mario, Super Mario Brothers. And what would happen was, if they could get farther than we could, we had to clean the house. <laughs> That's and brilliant. So yeah. they actually beat us, and we were all upset, but we were fine with it because we lost at a video game, and we had to take responsibility for losing, especially at something we thought we were good at. So take note, those listeners who are parents or plan to be parents, this is a brilliant way to incorporate video gaming into your household in a positive fashion. That's right, video games equal responsibility. Who would have thought? <laughs> now, you were telling us a little bit about... Um, some of your favorite games growing up, and then when when did you get into Terraria? When I got into Terraria was probably around 2006 or 2008, depending on. I don't remember exactly when it came out. All I know is that when I first heard about it, it was on PC, and so I played it on PC a little while, maybe a couple of years, and then it switched over to consoles. And I had it on the PS3, me and my friends had it, we played it for hours and hours on end, and then switched over to PS4 when it came out. However, because they're legacy worlds, we did lose all our stuff, all our progress, but we weren't really upset about it, we were just like, let's start again. And so we just continued and continued, and I've been playing it ever since. So that's kind of a fantastic viewpoint, is, you know, you're so passionate about this game that even if there's a little hiccup, it's not enough to deter you, it just means, hey, I get to go do all this, all this stuff over again and get to experience all these things over again and come at it from a new perspective or a new angle. Um, and I think that's something that, that gamers nowadays, sometimes maybe we take that for granted. You know, we burn through something once and we're like, eh, I'm never going to touch it again. But Terraria is kind of different in that respect. The people that I know that are, that, are, that are diehard Terraria players will go back and create world after world after world after world. 
and they're just super passionate about it, and that's that's pretty cool. Mm, so some of the worlds, people create worlds in the worlds. Most of the time, it's to collect resources that they've already burnt out on their main world. But other times, they'll do it just to either create a new character and explore all the new updates, or to just play again and restart on a hard difficulty, since they have that now, and it's a lot harder than I expected, that's for sure. Now, I know you were pretty excited. We just recently launched um, the Elite Gaming Gear uh, line of products that are officially licensed by Relogic for Terraria. So we've got... Uh, the Xbox One S controller top shell that just came out. Uh, we've got the Nintendo Switch case that just launched with the announcement for Terraria on the Switch. Uh, and there's been a pretty positive response to those things. And so from your perspective as somebody who's kind of into Terraria, um, what were your thoughts on, on the design of the, of the controller, for example? On the design for the controller example, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I, so on the controller, it's pure green and it's got little specks on it. But every single one of these specs is actually a silhouette of the different kinds of weapons in the game. From range, to melee, to magical. It's got hundreds of them. And I just love sitting there and counting them. And half the time I feel like I look at my controller more than the video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So it's always good to hear that kind of feedback. So for those of you who are wondering what these things look like, you can shoot over to EliteGamingGear.com. We've actually got an entire section dedicated to Terraria products. Uh, and those will be featured there. You can also jump onto Amazon.com. Uh, Terraria has their own section on Amazon.com, the Terraria store, and we're featured there as well. So if you don't feel like going to our site, you can pick them up off of Amazon, and we do ship internationally. So for those of you listeners who are across the pond a little ways, we've got you covered. Don't worry about it. Now that we're done with our shameless plugging, although it doesn't much feel like plugging because I genuinely play with these things. So I, I don't feel so bad about it. Uh, we were talking about uh, being a PC gamer nowadays, which there's tons and tons and tons of controversy going on in the PC gaming world. Now, Z, this isn't something that you probably are super familiar with because you've basically been a console gamer your whole life, right? Yeah, I have. Did you ever do any PC gaming? Uh, I think it was City of Heroes that I played for a little bit, but the graphics card really couldn't handle it. So it was a horrible old laptop at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, whoever you were dating at the time should have built you a better gaming computer. Well, you did, and then I took the monitor to plug my Xbox into. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft, you've become that which you swore to destroy. <laughs> Look what you've done. I vaguely remember that when we built you your first gaming computer that had the, the dual graphics card set up, I remember coming in and being really excited, like, all right, let's see, what's she going to pick? What's she going to play? You want to tell them what you played with your high-end gaming PC? The Bejeweled HD? Yeah, she, <laughs> <laughs> she puts the emphasis on, well, it was Bejeweled HD. Was. Real graphically intensive. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Just put the strain on that eight gigs of dedicated GDDR4. It was a fun color <laughs> 3D solitaire. <laughs> anyway, but uh, you know this is interesting because I knew you were a PC gamer uh, roughly. I, I knew that you were a PlayStation gamer, Tylus, but I didn't know that you were on PC too. What do you? What else do you play on PC? On PC, I like playing most of the zombie games, so like Left 4 Dead One, Left 4 Dead Two, No No More Room in Hell, which is a Steam game that is really fun, as well as StarCraft and a little bit of World of Warcraft before, but not so much now. So you guys are all active PC players, right. with the exception of Z and her addiction to Bejeweled. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's this massive controversy, and this has been covered by everybody that does 
news coverage for the gaming industry. Um, but I think it's different when you're approaching it from the standpoint of somebody who doesn't have an investment in, I've got to have this really strong opinion on this, because you, you guys are gamers. That's, I mean, you're not really anything else. You're gamers. Well, I mean, you're EGG, Chris. So, I mean, that kind of sets you apart. <laughs> uh, but but as PC gamers, you know, there's this huge battle going on between Steam and Epic Game Store right now. Yeah. Um, and Epic Game Store is offering this sweetheart package where they're going to pay a lot more money for developers to bring the games to their platform exclusively. Um, and Steam's not super happy about that. A lot of customers are not super happy about that because they're having to install a new launcher. Uh, but in defense of Epic Game Store, they kind of challenged Steam. They said, well, hey, if you drop your rates, we'll drop our exclusives. And Steam's like, no. <laughs> we're we're yeah. not doing that. So, I mean, does this does this even, like, cue in on your radar? Does this affect the way you game or the way you plan on buying games? How does this affect you, for example, Tristan? Well, at, right now it's not really affecting me much. I mean, I kind of watch it because it definitely could in the future. But... It is nice to have the competition because Steam has done some things in the past, uh, like how they handled some of the mods. Uh -oh. But yeah, like they've done some things in the past where it's like, okay, come on, man. And so now that they have, you know, they're not the only big kids in the sandbox right now. It's kind of nice <laughs> because they're being held to a, to a different standard because people have an alternative now, right? Yeah. All right. What's your opinion on it, Tyler? Uh, my opinion is, like you said, it's in the early stages right now, so it can't really affect me too bad. But if it does end up changing, I also use Battle.net as one of my installers, but that's specifically for like Blizzard games. And so Overwatch is considered in that, StarCraft, uh, Hearthstone. And so I have three launchers at the moment, but if Epic Games does actually get their own launcher out, it's going to be really interesting because it's going to separate a lot of the games. And so if I can't find something on Steam, I'll have to go to Epic Games to find it, and vice versa. And it's going to it's going to create even more competition than there already is. You know, I vaguely remember, and I'm trying now to think back to what the name of the launcher was. Um, but I, once upon a time, was a PC gamer. I mean, I, I think if there was something really compelling that was on PC only... Um, I might consider it. I do do a little bit of Steam, uh, Steam stuff on my uh, NVIDIA Shield TV uh, occasionally. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm primarily console now. But when I was doing all PC gaming, I remember the first time that I went to upload a game uh, from the disk. I had the disk to install it. And it asked me to install this application to launch the game. And I thought, well, what's this all about? You know, it's... So instead of just like clicking on my game and being able to play my game, I had to click on this other icon and then it would pull up and it's like, these are the games that you have. And you can go and select the game you want to play from there. And I vaguely remember being irritated that it was an extra step. I'm like, can I just not run this? <laughs> that would be <laughs> ideal. Yeah. And you know, let's talk about the original games launcher. That was the DOS prompt. Yes. Yeah. When you had to be able to understand basic coding to be able to <laughs> launch an application. Um, so we've come a long way, a long way. But from my perspective, if I were to, to get back into PC gaming really heavily, uh, I can definitely see both sides of it. Because from what I hear, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys know more about this than I do, uh, but it seems like because Epic Game Store is so new, it's a little feature poor. 
right? Right. Right. And uh, people say, well, that's a reason to stay with Steam. Well, Steam's had a lot of time to kind of get it right, and that's what the Steam guys will say in support of it. But I, I don't really feel like that's a justification for, you know, that doesn't make Epic Game Store not have the things that they don't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, they're new. Well, they still don't have the things I want. So right. I'm going to wait. And in a, in a world where we're seeing these titles come out for consoles as a comparison that are like 60 bucks a pop, um, and everybody rushes down. Most people will go through and even consider buying the game or pre-ordering the game before it releases. You get the game, the game's not complete, the game's busted, the game's not what you expected it to be, and you shell out 60 bucks, and two weeks later, it's on sale for 19.99, and we're all just kind of sitting here going, well, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so console gamers are waiting longer and longer to kind of see if there's going to be any, oh, I'm so sorry, Bethesda. See if there's going to be any fallout <laughs> <laughs> from the game launching badly. Um, so they're used to waiting for stuff. Are you guys the same way on PC? Are you okay with the idea of waiting for Epic Game Store to mature a little bit and then maybe giving them a chance then? I mean, yeah, I can see that. But at the same time... Uh, the people who say that, well, just give them time and they'll have all those features. At the same time, they can they they can look at Steam. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> <laughs> that's Minecraft. We don't talk about Minecraft here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying, like, uh, so yeah, like the whole time thing. <clears throat> they can like they have examples to go off of you know it's not like they just have to magically oof now we have all these features that people have been asking you know so that's yeah I, I, I can get the whole we gotta give them time to get stuff and but I can get the other side too uh, and also um, the, uh, like I think this was a while ago but Origin the whole EA's is that the one uh, you're that's talking the one about? I was talking about yeah. it was Origin yes yeah yeah, I got it. the only thing. The only reason I even have that installed on my computer is because, hey, you want to play Dragon Age? <laughs> yeah. Come on, guy. Come <laughs> yeah. on, give it a try. Yeah, and that they were trying to be World Challenge Steam, and they're still around today. No. No. <laughs> no, they. <Yeah. laughs> Not even a candle. <laughs> Just blow that right out. So yeah. What do you think, man? Um, I think that given time, I might go back and try it out but again it's still got a ways to go because they are brand new and i personally until then i'm gonna keep playing things i have on steam because they're well as i said they're not out yet and so i kind of i already play playstation a lot and i'm kind of sick of waiting for half the games to figure out if they're good or not and so it's just i'd rather have it now than wait z do you have an opinion So it really just depends on depends, what it is. Yeah, yeah. It so is. there's really no rush to try something new if you weren't really messing with it to begin right. with. So for, in the example of, you know, a games launcher for PC, you're like, eh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I'm gonna I'm gonna come at this from a slightly different angle now. Uh, I'm gonna come at it from the angle of a of a person who who knows a little bit about business. I, you know, by all no means, you know, an expert, but I know a bit. And from my perspective, from that perspective rather, uh, really, Epic Game Store is not going to lose. Uh, they're going to be the only ones that come out of this as a win, in my opinion, because the people that are going to hurt are going to be the gamers or the customers and the developers. People are like, well, well, wait a minute. Why would you say that the developers are going to hurt if they're getting a better cut on their rates by going to Epic Game Store exclusively? And the reason for that's pretty simple. Um, when you have a situation where a big company is calling some shots that make changes that affect a customer on a small level. For example, uh, <laughs> I hate to use the hot coffee reference, but we're going to. So McDonald's says, all right, we're going to run our coffee up to 250 degrees. I'm being very, I'm exaggerating to a great degree. Uh, and so, you know, all the guys at all the stores are like, well, we got to run this up to, you know, 250 degrees. And so they run this stuff up. When the customer gets burnt, they're not necessarily going to directly vent their anger at some guy in middle management somewhere up at corporate that made the decision to change the temperatures on the machines. They're going to be mad at <laughs> the people right there at yeah. the window and be immediately explosive that direction. And that's what's kind of happening with these, with these game developers. Um, in order for these game developers to compete in a, in a market that's really kind of saturated with new games coming out all the time, I mean, Tylus, Tristan, Z, the three of you, are you able to keep up with all the games that you want to play that are coming out as they come out? Absolutely not. Not even no. close. They, they just keep piling up. So an example I like to give people is that we have a stack of games almost as tall as I am that still haven't been taken out of the shrink wrap yet, and they were all bought new. And so, you know, the market's just, just flooded with developers pumping out new stuff, which is cool, which is great. But at the same time, that means it's harder for them to be competitive when they're fighting for your dollar, and you're not going to buy everything that comes out. So, yes, they're getting a bigger piece of the pie by going to the Epic Game Store exclusively. And yes, they're following, if they really want to play the game, we'll go to the Epic Game Store. But if somebody's having a knee-jerk, burnt-tongue-on-coffee reaction, they're going to take it out on... The developer, right. which means that well, you know, to heck with you guys. I just won't play it. You know, I've got 23 other options that are vying for my dollar right now, um, and that's kind of my perspective. So no matter what, Epic Game Store is coming out great because it's going to force people onto their platform. Um, also, it's great because they're bringing up new names uh, of large developers that is going to boost their presence overall. You know, kind of like we talk about Origin. I didn't even remember the name of Origin. And you're like, you're like, one title on Origin. <laughs> and for the most part, I think Origin is kind of just, you know, a puff of dust in the wind for, yeah. for a lot of people. Uh, but you've got real staying power when you've got titles like Borderlands 3 uh, coming out as an exclusive and a bunch of other things. So that's my take on it anyway. Yeah, I can, uh, yeah, I can definitely agree with that angle. Sad day for everybody, but Epic Games Store. Uh, well, I mean, ultimate. mostly correctly so far, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I mean, people are still going to get their games one way or the other, right? This is true. And, you know, that brings me to another point because I'm already ranting. <laughs> so yeah. I want to I speak on this. I have heard people compare um, having a choice of launchers to, 
well, you've got exclusives on different consoles. It's the same thing. It is not the same thing. I don't have to go shell out another three to $500 for another console to play on the Epic Games Store. I just click a different icon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, I had to move the mouse a quarter of an inch to the left. This carpal tunnel's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> And you know that's end up with ball subscriptions. That's an excellent point. So in a world where everything was all in one with the start and the rise of Netflix online, to everything separating out, we they've obviously proven at least in the movie streaming realm that people will keep shelling out money, which is why you'll have your Amazon Prime uh, Video and your Hulu and your Netflix. Well, I think with Amazon Prime, I don't know HBO. if you'd be paying for the Amazon Prime just to have the Amazon Prime Video thing. I think it's there is an option when you're getting the stuff shipped to you. I don't think that that's something that everybody would necessarily go and just get on its own. You had a beautiful analogy. You just had to ruin it with logic. <laughs> the only reason I have HBO is to watch Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I'm tr- I've tried. I, I've really tried. I, I, I did the first season and I... I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. I, I, j- I wouldn't say that I dislike Game of Thrones. I don't think that's it. It's just that there are so many other things that I could be watching instead of Game of Thrones. And it seems like the rest of the world has it covered, right? Everybody else (laughs) in the known world that has access to Game of Thrones is watching it. So I I think that I can gracefully kind of bow out of that. Yeah. (laughs) There's enough people watching it. I don't need to be one of them. (laughs) I've seen enough memes to know the whole plot at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Have you seen that? No, just the memes. <laughs> yeah. That pretty well covers it. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the other things that we wanted to dip into a little bit uh, was uh, stuff that's going on with um, new companies up and coming. We talked about uh, Epic Game Store a little bit, and you mentioned when you mentioned Origin, uh, you said, "Oh, you want to play Dragon Age? Yeah. yeah <laughs> come on, dude, come over. We got to get over here." So. Does anybody else feel like Google Stadia is doing the same thing with Destiny 2? Like, who wants to play Destiny on their tablet? <laughs> yeah, essentially. And I'm sure that there's people that are all for that. Yeah. So do you guys know much about Stadia yet? I do not know very much at all. I The moment I discovered it, I was like, wow, I feel like this isn't getting as much attention as it should. So I delved really deep here and there, and it looks like a very neat concept i just want to i just don't trust it till it's executed i guess (laughs) it's one of those i don't know almost a little too good to be true there bud (laughs) (laughs) what do you think about it so far at least what's been announced uh what's been announced i really haven't been paying too much attention to it we're gonna fill you in all right (laughs) z i don't know very much about it you're killing me, Other Smalls. Than, like, it, <laughs> yes. Is that like a streaming thing, kind of like a Roku or like the Fire Stick type of thing that just plugs in and streams all your games? I'm not quite sure. Yes, it's like video game Roku. I, I feel like that, like that felt uncomfortable. Saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Leslie can get away with that. I, I, I think I'm going to be held to task for it. Um, yeah. But yes, a streaming service for video games. Because nobody's ever done that. <coughs> Sorry. I, I couldn't speak that lie plainly and clearly. It has been done before. You guys are pretty young, so you may not know this. 
or did you did you guys know about this? Uh, nothing's popping up in my brain right now. Uh, I'm thinking of PS Now at the moment. PS uh, Now was a more recent attempt, but even with PS Now, um, it's not quite the same thing. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm pretty sure it was On Live was the name of it. Uh, and it came out a while ago, and the idea was that you had this little box, and that was, it was like, that was like Roku, a little Roku streaming box for video games, and you could play, uh, you know, these video games uh, over the internet. And one of the things that, that killed that ultimately was latency. And you just, you had so much potential for input lag that it wasn't really viable. Um, and that's the biggest concern with Stadia right now is that they're promising to deliver. I think one of the, one of the people that work for uh, the Stadia project made the comment that the input goes from your finger to the button, to the controller, to the server, then to the game, then back to the screen faster than the process moves through your brain. So I, I, huh. I, I yeah. thought, you, you sure you're not exaggerating there a little bit there, dude? <laughs> I, I feel like, maybe, but, but again, it's one of those things where I don't know. We'll have to see it. I don't yeah. know. It seems like a trap to me. <laughs> so, and you know, uh, for the sake of research, we went ahead and we pre-ordered a couple of uh, a couple of bundles. The uh, what is it? The starter Founders bundle or the edition. Founders Edition? There you go. Thank you. Uh, so we're actually going to be featuring those in the Elite Gaming Lounge here pretty quick. Um, and if they do what they promise to do, we may expand that. We may have an entire Google section, which would be kind of cool. Would be neat. Um, it would be the the concept is kind of is kind of crazy. It, it's basically threatening to completely. Apparently, I have an alert. I gotta get those viruses cleared, man. I know. It's, <laughs> that's what happens whenever I Google Stadia. I just get this mass of viruses on my computer every time. <laughs> but it's because I typed in on live earlier, and then before on live, I typed in Origin, and the only sites that are still talking about Origin. <laughs> <laughs> not sites you want to be on. Yeah. So, uh, at any rate, you know, one of the things that Stadia is pushing right out of the box is Destiny for everybody, and that's pretty cool for me because you know you guys have your games that you're you're really fond of and that you're really locked into. Um, Z has games that she's really locked into, and for me, it's Destiny. Now, for Z, to an extent, I think Destiny is her thing, but I think she would probably rather play like the video game version of Jeopardy. Some Peggle. days. Oh, Peggle. Peggle. Peggle, too. Excuse me. Yes, Peggle. <laughs> that one's fun. Seen that in the PlayStation <laughs> Store quite often, but I just never get it. We are going to have to put Peggle up one of these days. That's going to be fantastic. That one's fun. <laughs> oh, Peggle, let's play. I'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, but uh, the idea of being able to uh, toss a controller into my backpack, and if, you know, I've always got my laptop with me. So if I'm somewhere where I've got you know, 20, 30 minutes to, to go and run a strike or something like that, uh, that would actually be really, really cool. Yeah. So we're going to give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. So keep in mind, listeners, that when it launches, when it releases, that day, we will have another podcast for you. Maybe like a 30-second long podcast. It's just a sound of me screaming violently in the background while flinging a controller against the wall. What day does that come out? That would be an <laughs> indication not to go with it. Uh, I believe it comes out in November. Yeah. <laughs> I ranch that on a tutorial. Oh, plenty of people have. <laughs> the, t- the tutorial makes you question your traditional uh, instincts about video games. The tutorial bosses this giant, you know, demonic thing, and then you're like, 
oh, oh no. And then you realize that the things you have to worry about are usually like the really small things. Yeah. Like that person looks human sized. I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a rat. This. Oh. <laughs> the person who's gone through Demon Souls, the Dark Souls 3, I. I don't know. I, it's weird to see people rage for me because I just I never raged at that game ever because I've been playing it for a while. And are you I, a, are you a monk? Am I a monk? <laughs> no, I just realized I where I screwed up. That's the only problem. Because hmm. if you don't realize where you screwed up, you're gonna get frustrated. Wow. Because you're like, why did I die right there? I don't understand. Why did I die here? Tylus's body naturally produces <laughs> tranquilizers. Yeah. His large doses. It's just his that pituitary gland <laughs> is like firing out antipsychotics. It's like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. You're not going insane today. Don't worry. Yeah, Mr. Saint Gene over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I had uh, Ant, actually, who's regularly on our podcast. He's usually on our podcasts not being on our podcasts. So whenever Ants is on a podcast, you'll hear him like grunt a few times typically, but that's because he's playing another game while he's on it. He's like, I can do both. Like you, you can't do both. Uh, <laughs> but he had tried forever to get me to download Dark Souls 1 and to play it. And then finally I did. And um, I set it to download and I walked away. And it never occurred to me that I didn't pay for it when I downloaded it on my Xbox. It didn't strike me as odd for some reason. But then when I went and loaded up the game, it's like, you have four hours in in your play your first playthrough. And I'm like, what? And sure enough, I had a character on there. And I'm like, oh, I guess I did play this at some point in time. How far did I get? <laughs> <laughs> Still at the first bonfire. <laughs> like, well, and Anthony's like, how is that possible? I'm like, ah. I don't know. And he's like, just play. I want to watch you play. I I'm curious now. And so apparently, there's like a really obvious way to go, which is like forward and to the left. And there's skeletons, which in a fantasy game are typical entry-level monsters. Oh, the first trap. Catacombs. No. Great place. <laughs> like, I did it! 20 minutes later, I killed one! And then there's two. And that was not okay. And so I got to a point to where I could, like, trick them into yeeting themselves off the cliff. Yes, yes. I, I, I have been waiting this entire podcast episode to work the word yeet somewhere into my dialogue. <laughs> this I'm very proud of myself. Yes, round, round of applause. Round of applause. Yes, wonderful. You Skype Trey into the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Trey will be proud of this when he hears it. He's like, yeah. So uh, he goes, you're going the wrong way. And I'm like, the only other place to go is to fall off this cliff. And he's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. I'm like, what? I think it was three that I played and I raged quite at the tutorial boss on three. Oh, I never Edex, played any of the other two. Uh, Enix Gundir was a brutal boss for all the Dark Souls. He's easily the hardest first boss ever he's, that I've ever seen. Yeah, he's got like a different timing. It's, it's weird, like, because for Dark Souls 3... The one that's different, it's like they took some things from Bloodborne, which was a very fast-paced, very speedy game, much different than Dark Souls 3, and they applied some of that to the bosses, but you're still a Dark Souls character and you move like that, so they kind of gave that to Udex, and it's weird, it's a weird growth thing that, I, that I've noticed. They made him 
they made them in different ways than they normally make bosses. They normally make bosses kind of slow and have like a certain tempo, but they gave him such a strange tempo because it's the first boss, and people aren't used to that. Yeah, they also aren't used to having a boss with two phases, and they give him two phases. That's two phases too many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some bosses actually have three phases in Dark Souls 3, and there's actually one that has four phases, which is absolutely insane to me, but he's fun to fight, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me of another game a little bit, and it's just because of the scale of the battles. And have you guys ever played Shadow of the Colossus? Oh, oh yes. I love Shadow oh, of the yes. Colossus. It's one of my all-time favorite games. Um, it's because every battle was a boss battle. And, and yeah. I don't know, I was just very much entertained by that. So we've had a chance to kind of hit on some things that are going on, some, some of the games that are, have been important to us in our past. Uh, let's hit, about, uh, hit on some things that are coming up uh, in the future. So I know that uh, a while back we had been talking about changes to Pokemon. Are any of you guys Pokemon players? I am a Pokemon player, but I haven't touched any of the new generations from Sun and Moon up. So it's interesting to me. I've only ever played Pokemon Silver for the Game Boy Color. Pokemon Red. Not even Fire Red. Pokemon, Pokemon <laughs> Red. <laughs> Pokemon Emerald. For the original Game Boy. That was that was my thing. That was fantastic. What about you, Z? You ever play? I don't remember which one it was. It was one of the first ones that was on the 3DS. I don't remember which one it was. Did you play it all the way through? Have you ever beat a game? No. What? Do you know what Legendary was in the... I have no idea. I don't remember. Leslie's like, Legendary? (laughs) (laughs) There's Legendary Pokemon? What? (laughs) So... No, like, these puzzle things, just like with Yoshi's Island, like, I love playing it, but, like, some of these puzzles, like, adults can't figure out, but, like, five-year-olds can. I don't know. (laughs) Dungeon? Did you play as a Pokemon? She has no idea. She's, she's, she's like, I blocked it out. It's gone. It's no longer part of my memory. It's part of the past. I think it's like X or Y. I don't remember which one. Yeah, I think it might have been X, probably. Those ones are fairly new. Yeah, she's she's not not a diehard. Um, we do have other members of the family though that are addicted to Pokemon Go, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We know who that is. Take me for a drive. What? So we need to catch Pokemon like that? No, I'm not doing that. That's absurd. Uh, but uh, they've got two new ones coming out. Uh, oh no, they've got a, a couple of different new projects coming out uh, that are supposed to be really controversial because you're not going to have access to all of the Pokemon. Now, you guys, it sounds like you guys have been with Pokemon for a little while. How do you feel about not having access to like 800 some odd Pokemon? Uh, it's kind of odd, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> Clearly, you're so, not a diehard fan. No. I just, you don't understand, man. <laughs> so for Sword and Shield, what they're doing is they're reopening regions that they were previously visited. And what they most recently revealed was a Pokemon that, when it's happy, it's an electric type. However, when it's unhappy, it turns into a dark type, and it changes. It's a change Pokemon, and it's super strange because the only Pokemon we've seen have been able to like shapeshift, like Ditto and... Zorark, those are the only two that we've known that can actually change their forms. But these ones just change slightly, which is really, really different. And I'm super excited to see where that can take us. 
Well, especially because it adds a new dynamic to caring for your Pokemon. It's going to make that more important uh, because it can certainly affect the outcome of a battle if you're counting on him to be a certain type and then, you know, he didn't like the way that you heated up his oatmeal that morning. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what the heck with you, lightning type? You can be dark type now. See how you like that, buddy. But it's, it's interesting. They're innovating and they're moving forward with it. You know, for a while there, it kind of felt like they were just cranking out um, the same game with new... You know, I, I thought that they hit the all-time low point when they had, like, a keychain, an ice cream cone, and a trash bag as, <laughs> as Pokemon. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That was definitely a low. <laughs> like, probably time to scale it back, guys. So it's cool that, okay, we're not going to focus on adding 500 new fictional creatures. I think that they've just about tapped that out. Um, but instead, they're going to go back and they're going to tweak gameplay. And they're going to focus on the mechanics of the game, which I think is really in the long run. And, and there are going to be haters. People are going to be mad that I'm saying this. But I think in the long run, it's going to be better for the franchise because it's adding more depth and it's adding more playability to the game instead of just focusing on, you know, how many of these critters can I catch in my Pokeballs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the reception is. I know a lot of people are anticipating not liking it for that very reason, but you can't tell me these people aren't going to buy it. I mean, if you're a Pokemon <laughs> fan, you can be mad about it all you want. You're buying so, oh, yeah. Sword and Shield. Yeah, it's, it's happening. So we've had a little bit of a time to talk about uh, a lot of different things today, actually. Got to introduce uh, you guys here. We got to introduce Tylus. Hello. And Tristan. Hello. And remind people that Z does, in fact, have a voice. <laughs> Dead air is bad for the podcast. <laughs> she sits there and cackles silently. <laughs> oh, this was my plan all along. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> So I think for now, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Elite Gaming Gear Podcast. And remember, guys, gear up, game on!